Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. Thanks for joining me for Concept Zero, which I'm just calling Simplifying Concepts Without Sacrificing Depth, because I want to explain what this podcast is attempting and kind of talk about the tone. So I want to start with a quote from Jerry Seinfeld. Well, it was a question from Jerry Seinfeld on his wonderful comedians in cars getting coffee. He asked Joel Hodgson, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 guy, he asked him this question, why are we looking back all the time? I think that's a wonderful question. And Joel nails it with his answer. He says, because when you look back, you know what you're going to say. You know what to say about the past. You don't know what to say about the future. So this podcast is an attempt to bring some fresh words. To take a look at one concept at a time. Simplify it somehow go through all the weeds go through all the details there are going to be times that i sit down with people and interview them and ask them questions i'm going to be bringing in some of my friends that are somewhat of experts in different kind of fields i'm going to ask them questions and we're going to really wrestle with some concepts and then at the end of each podcast the goal is to simplify it at the end so that you can feel as if you didn't just listen to a bunch of information but you now have some sort of tool in a conversation with someone. So I want to talk about fresh words. I want to talk about what it means to simplify a concept. I think teaching, I think communicating or presenting a concept is about helping or showing or reminding people about the context of the past and then somehow also saying something fresh about the future. So I think teaching or communicating or casting vision is about somehow doing both. It's yes and. It's here's the past and a reminder of the past, but also here's something else. To quote Justin Timberlake, everybody says, say something. I don't want to get caught up in the middle of it. Sometimes the greatest way to say something is to say nothing at all. But I can't help myself. I'm caught up in the rhythm of it. Maybe I'm looking for something I can't have. Love that. I feel that. Things burn inside of me and I want to say new things and fresh things and think of some innovative new way of saying something. And then I kind of think, well, maybe the best thing is to say nothing. There's no way there could be another way of saying this. But somehow my heart burns within me to figure out that way. Maybe I'm looking for something I can't have. But I there has to be more to say. And I think the world is ready to see a new way and to hear new and fresh words, not a way that does away with the past, but a way that fulfills, a way that brings more fullness. So I say to you, wonderful people, let's say something new. 
Let's not go back to the past. Let's learn from the past. Let's press on to the future. Okay. But how, right? That's the question, isn't it? How? How do you simplify a concept and say something new without losing the depth, without losing the context? So I want to talk about the way that I accumulate information, the way that my mind thinks. And so again, this is just sort of setting the tone for the podcast itself. And in future podcasts, I'll be presenting different concepts and bringing in people. But right now I want to talk about the way my brain thinks and how I kind of accumulate information. How do you, how do you try to get to the most important, deepest, truest core of a concept? How do you bury down into that and find it? How do you know when you found it? What's the process to even try to find it? Because if you're going to say something new, if you don't know the core of what you're trying to convey, then no one else will either. But if you do know the core of what you're trying to convey, I actually think then you're really in trouble because then comes a lot of hard work. You have to figure out what belongs. You have to figure out what does not belong, which I think is way harder. So what I typically do is to try to stockpile information, stockpile ideas, stockpile links. Uh, There's a lot of underlining and highlighting and copy and pasting and typing thoughts and journaling. So in any given topic, I'll type out random thoughts. I'll type out really thought through deliberate thoughts. I'll also, I'll watch videos or I'll listen to other podcasts or teachings and I'll read books. And it's just a, a lot of information. And that's actually really fun and really easy for me, the stockpile process. It just is, yeah, just in case, throw it on the pile. Oh, that's a really cool quote, throw it on the pile. Oh, I read this thing the other day, throw it on the pile. I watched this thing, throw it on the pile, throw it on the pile, throw it on the pile. And it takes a long, long time. And it's somehow your brain reading that quote or watching that thing and saying, that works somehow. I don't know how quite yet, but that works. I will keep it and I will possibly use it. Then comes the really, really hard part. And I think a little way less, a little way, maybe uh, way less fun. And that is eliminating the stuff on the stockpile. So simplifying. And it's my goal whenever I come up with any kind of teaching, if I'm going to present in front of people in any way, shape, or form, I try to have a one-pager in front of me that I don't necessarily need to look at. But as I prepare and as I stockpile, it becomes 10 pages. It becomes 11 pages, 12 pages, plus links to watch other things to remind me of some core concept. And that's really fun, but getting it down to one page is really hard. It's it's a... It's a big task, I think, to try to bring years and years and years of tradition and go back in the past and then bring a fresh idea in front of people in however long you have, you know, half an hour or something like that. But the way that I try to accumulate is to, well, pretend you're driving and you don't quite know where you're going, but you know, once you find it, you'll know that that's where you're going. What would you do? Maybe you just drive around and go down every path, right? 
oh, maybe I'll take a right here and just see where it leads. And then you take a right and then it winds around and then there's several, then there are several other turns. You take a left and there's another one up there and there's a gravel road up there and then there's a little walking path. You don't know where to go. And so possibly the only, you can go with intuition, but I think you just keep going down all the paths. And so if I have a thought or if I watch something or I read a quote, I go, I guess I have to go down that path because I don't quite know where it'll be or where it will lead. And that might be where the magic is. And so what happens with that is you accumulate more information, you go down another road and you take another left and then another left and another right. And then oftentimes, more often than not, you just eventually hit a dead end and you realize, oh, that's not at all what I was looking for. But you don't know until you do it. And so what what happens with me at least is in the preparation process, it's a whole bunch of driving down a paths and walking down and running down and going down the gravel paths and grass paths and then going, nope, and then having to backtrack. I look, I'm, I'm really into kind of the root word of things and finding out where a word came from or where a concept came from. And it just, it, it excites me. But oftentimes I go, oh, that word probably has a really interesting history behind it. I'm going to go down that path and find out that word, where it came from, what's the root of it, how has it been used, what image is associated with that word. And it can take a long, long time to find the answer to that. And then after that long process, you might, I oftentimes go, oh, never mind. It's not the magic at all. But at least I learned something. So it's really a long process, but it's really fun. But then you accumulate all those really fun things. Then you have to figure out what not to say. And that's so hard. What not to say, at least for my personality, what not to say is the hardest part. Lorne Michaels, the creator and producer of Saturday Night Live, he has this great quote too. He says, the problem with making something look easy is then they think it's easy, right? And so by the, if the, the tension of simplifying a concept without sacrificing depth is if you actually simplify it after you know, years and years and hours and hours or whatever, all those paths you go down and you, you stockpile and then you eliminate and simplify, if you do present that simple concept, people might mistakenly think it's a simple concept or they might think it was easy, And I guess that's part of art, possibly. I want to recommend, if you haven't found this on Netflix yet, it's called Abstract. It's a documentary on Netflix, The Art of Design. And one of the episodes is about this guy, Christoph Niemann, and he's been on something like 20-something covers of The New Yorker. He's an illustrator. And the way that he described his process illustrating to try to get one image for a cover of the New Yorker or one image of art. Most of his stuff are just still images. He says, I start with a thousand different thoughts and then one by one, I throw them all out until in the end, I end up with one or two that are essential to the whole question. 
He goes on to say that it's all about getting rid of everything that's not essential to making a point. He says each idea requires a very specific amount of information. Sometimes it's a lot with a lot of details, realism. Sometimes it's just one pixel. And each idea has one moment on that scale. I love that. I love the idea of thinking about presenting or teaching or or presenting a concept in a way that an artist would try to draw, try to illustrate a cover of The New Yorker. It's accumulate, accumulate thousand different thoughts and then get rid of all of them except for a couple that are essential. He, he, he gives this example of the illustration of a heart as a symbol for love, right? So the most, he, what he says is the most abstract image for a heart would be a red square. But he says that that falls flat. It doesn't portray love. But if you go on the other end of that scale and you just have a literal heart, then it's disgusting. It doesn't portray love either. And so somewhere in between, so you have a red square for abstract and then a literal you know, beating heart and heart, disgusting looking, neither one really portraying love. Somewhere between that on that scale is the graphic shape that we know of or think of as a heart. It's just right. It somehow can help carry the entire idea of love, sort of. And, and that's really what I want to finish with is this thought for us of the sort of. To simplify a concept without sacrificing depth, it's almost impossible, really, because there's so much information. You can't just bring something very briefly and think that it carries all of the stuff. But if it can help carry the idea then someone can look at it or they can listen to it or they can be a part of that brief moment where it's simplified and they go, that really does carry the idea, sort of. And so here are a few sort ofs. You know that feeling when, and I might be alone in this, but I don't know, it's just so real to me, this, this feeling. If I'm trying to look at something in the dark, not not pitch black, but if there's just a little bit of light and I'm trying to look directly at something, let's say a um, coffee mug, I can't see it if I look right at it when it's really, really dark. But if I look slightly away from it, I can see it out of the corner of my eye. What is up with that? Can someone tell me why that is? I don't get that at all. But it's somehow, there's something there. See, that's a stockpile. Is, I can see it as long as I don't try to look directly at it. Or, here's another one. If um, you ever been, if, if, if you've learned a second language, but like me, you're not very good at it. So, I studied Spanish in high school and in college, and I don't really know Spanish very well. But I know it enough where if I'm in a conversation with someone and they're 
they're speaking way more quickly than I can keep up with. I kind of still know what they're saying. If I try to translate every word, all the past tense stuff, I just can't keep up. But yet they're talking to me and I go, I get it. I, I know what they're trying to say to me. I don't understand all the words, but I get what they're saying. Or, or here's one more. You know, humans are amazing at nonverbal communication. So you know that, that feeling when someone looks at you a certain way and you just know what, they, what they're thinking or what they're feeling? You just get it. They don't even have to say anything at all. It could be just some subtle way that their eyes look or just some facial expression or something in their body language. You just know. You just get it. You just altogether get it. So what I'm hoping for things about things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth, is that whenever I bring in someone and interview them and we talk about a core concept, that at the end of a half an hour or 45 minutes of a conversation, that we would just say, I get it. Yeah, I think I get it. Of course we don't know all the information. Of course there's more to be stockpiled, but something from the past has been brought into the light and is now being cast into the future. There's some sort of newness or freshness. So my hope for this podcast is that through conversation with friends, we can take one concept at a time, stockpile through conversation, and then simplify Boil it down in a way that's tangible, that's usable. Boil it down in a way that can be discussed with fresh words. So thanks for listening to Concept Zero of Things About Things. Please go to thingsaboutthings.com to find out more things. Thanks for joining me.